37th parallel on America's haunted highway, it's Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange. What's up, everybody? This is Pixelated Paranormal, episode 114. Still not Star People Part 3, still not as long as it took to do Thieves in the Night Part 2. Boom. <laughs> we will be coming with Thieves in the Night... Oh, shit, there we, here we are, the show that never went away. Star People Part 3 on the next episode, 115. <laughs> we are almost ready for that. We've got a little bit more work to do on it, but it is coming down the pipeline. Now, are you going to drop uh, the surprise that we got about Thieves in the Night? You know what? What better time to do it than right now? We, uh, That's right. Guys, this is a pixelated <laughs> paranormal. Exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> yep. A first for our podcast, we actually have a listener-made song about us. And boy, are we humbled. So let's give this a little listen here real quick. This was sung, performed by Isaac. Another episode has popped up in the feed I can already tell that it's not what I need They're talking robot dicks and beards and UFOs I just don't give a shit about a Bigfoot's toes It seems like it will never end But in the end it might When will they finish Thieves in the Night? It's been a month now and still it's going on They're dragging their shit out like we're not hanging on To every word that's coming out of Sean's mouth Another episode and things are heading south It seems like it will never end But in the end it might When will they finish these in the night? Hey, yo, Sean, it's me. Seriously, dude, quit ignoring my phone calls and just pick up. I have got to talk to you about finishing Thieves in the Night. I am tired of all of this bullshit. I want it over with. I want this out of my head. I don't want to think about it anymore. Please, please, just pick up the phone and talk to me and finish it. together boys cause I'm losing my mind just fucking finish thieves in the night dude thank you so much Isaac that is fantastic and it's I pretty really dope, man yeah, I would. I think I would definitely personally love to hear more uh, yeah. songs, dude. So you, you, you know what, Isaac? Fuck you. You're not getting Star People Part Three until we get another <laughs> song. So and maybe like every song from now on that you do, if you write in a song, can they all be Green Day covers? Oh, God, <laughs> That'd be please don't. <laughs> please do. Please do, because Sean hates it so much. Green Day. Green Day is nothing more than a glorified Green Day cover band. <laughs> so I sent that to uh, I sent that to Jeffrey and she listened to it and she said that was the funniest thing she ever heard. But she said amazingly he sounds a lot like Jack Black. So if you could cover maybe like tribute <laughs> just for me. Okay, for, I changed uh, my shit. People. Yes, every cover needs to be of the D. <laughs> of the D. <laughs> Long yeah. ass fucking time ago in a town called. Dude, I fucking love <laughs> I listen to well, shit he... every week. He recorded a little bit of another one, a little ditty, a while back that was pretty great, and I really hope he finishes that. It was about Mothman, and it was pretty great. Fuck yeah, dude. Dude, do <laughs> yeah, a whole dude. EP of cryptids. Holy shit, dude. You're sitting on a gold mine. 
Well, and what's funny is like, Isaac, I don't want to be too personal, but I'll, I'll go ahead and tell everybody how you and I first met because you're not here to defend yourself. <laughs> Isaac and I met in college, actually, community college. Were you guys we vaping by the bike racks? Oh, um, cool. What had happened was Same we took thing. music appreciation class, <laughs> uh, oddly enough. And we had a pretty awesome system of one of us would take notes while the other one just fell asleep during class, and then we'd exchange notes. <laughs> Dope. <laughs> it was pretty badass. So, yeah. I'd like to tell everybody that, uh, yeah, old Isaac and I uh, really forged our friendship over sleeping together in college. So, it's 2019, guys. Be a little open-minded, would you? It's 2019. Your boy eats ass. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this boy don't. But according uh, to the song, uh, Rob likes robot dicks. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, but yeah, and hopefully, uh, I'm hoping really, really, really soon we'll get to do a couple episodes with Isaac because I know he's uh, yeah, he's mentioned him. before want, wanting to be on. So hopefully we can get out to uh, see him and some of the other folks and uh, get some shit going. Fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hats off to you, buddy. I appreciate that a lot. Eep. So I think uh, to get things started off, it's just going to be kind of news heavy again because lots of weird shit's been going on. And there's been a lot of weird events and startling discoveries uh, going on. Lots of, um, what would you say? Uh, what about our weeks, man? What's that? Any, any, any announcement for our weeks? Like, how's your week been going? Oh, like I could ask that. Um, how's yeah. everybody doing before we get started? Anything new with anybody? Uh, for me, my birthday's next week. It's going to be a great time. Got some good food, some good plans. Going to a concert, Modest Mouse and the Black Keys. Mm. I believe old Preston here is going to be up there as well, him and his lady. Oh, yeah, I'm going to be, be rock and rolling in the nosebleed section. So. Okay. And they better have a fucking poster because I've gotten away from buying uh, T-shirts at concerts because they fade and they shrink or I get fatter and I can't <laughs> wear them anymore. Right. So I've switched to buying posters. And if they don't have a fucking poster, I'm boycotting that whole entire fucking concert. Like, I'm going to pout <laughs> like a baby at the top because I didn't get a cool poster. Right. Well, hopefully. Preston, the, the poster they made when you and I uh, went to see them with Eric and everybody, that was pretty rad. It's like a, a melting. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, like a... uh, the Modest Mouse one that's got like the, the fucking orange and neon green and yeah, uh, looks like a unicorn like, well, barked like a, over a cassette tape. and some yeah. cactuses and shit. Do they... But the one last year was fucking bogus. Yeah, it was pretty weak. Do they do, they do them limited or is, do they have is it just they, a print? They don't do them specific to each venue like like Dave Matthews or Foo Fighters or those bands. Yeah. They just kind of do one poster the tour cool and sometimes i mean sometimes they do specific ones yeah. and sometimes they yeah. don't and sometimes they're just really fucking yeah wack. i'm with you preston it's either stickers pins or posters yeah no shirts because yeah. they just either fade or they don't fit like it's like fuck that and they're way too damn expensive but um yeah other than that yeah i got some good stuff coming up in october and it's gonna be fun yeah dude Hell yeah. Well, ain't shit new with me. Uh, we've got some exciting announcements to make in the upcoming episodes, but I don't think I want to spill the beans yet on this new project we got cooking up. But uh, Hell yeah. Cool. Y'all are going to love it. Anything else uh, worth mentioning on your end, buddy? Mm, no. Sweet. Borderlands 3's come out. We've been playing a lot of that. That's been a lot of fun. We'll talk more about that down the road. I. Uh, mm. Oh, shit. Guys, let's let's start the news off. Let me start it off. I just remembered. Fucking tomorrow yeah. is September 20th. Yeah. Shit's going to be popping in Area 51. We broke that fucking news on this shit before <laughs> that became a goddamn meme, dude. No lie. Yeah. Yep. You heard that here. Third. Um, yeah, supposedly people are legitimately setting up little camps in that in that little town, those neighboring towns and shit Jesus. like that. So. <laughs> That's so ridiculous. I don't know. It's funny. Remember, do you guys remember a time when... You can make a joke and then not worry about, you know, a small fraction of the human population getting mowed over by fucking, yeah. you know, gun turrets. Yeah. <laughs> and, dude, what you're talking about right now is the perfect segue into my shit. Yep. Yeah, like, exactly. Like so, without further ado, just kick it off, man. Jump in. First off, you need to ask yourself, don't waste your time on me. I'm already the voice inside your head. I miss you. And yes, that is the lyrics dear, dear. to I Miss You by Blink-182. And why are we talking about Blink-182 right now? Not only were they in Wichita a couple weeks ago. Well, but they weren't. What do you mean? No, they weren't. 
I like, still I still do uh, not fuck that recognize no, no. them. We no. ain't. Sean, quit being an old man. All right, no, so <laughs> no, I'll quit being an old man when Alkaline Trio quit selling out and doing episodes of the fucking hills on MTV. <laughs> yep, I do remember that. But no, for for real I though, think, I think I think for real for real, we should refer to this band as Blink One Hundred and Eighty Two. I don't, I don't think so. I think that it's if, the same. Just if a Tom different. wanted to leave to do this shit because he's fucking crazy, let him do it. But that's well, who we're talking about, doing, people. Steve? He's being crazy. Listen, Tom DeLonge, <laughs> whether you think he's crazy, you think he's smart, you, th- you believe in what he what he believes in, um, I'm going to read you a little article. So, because I read a little bit of this, but um, I think it's better if they told you. So, Tom DeLonge has been telling us that aliens exist since 1999, and now he's working on proving the theory. Ever since leaving Blink-182 in 2015, the musician has been focusing on this UFO research firm to the Stars Academy of Arts and Science. Such a crazy name. When he's not making music with Angels and Airways, because he still does that. And the accomplishment he's achieved in the past two years alone have been pretty astonishing. One of the many things this company has done in the past past few years is make public some intriguing video shot by U.S. Navy pilots that seem to document UFOs. We talked about, we've talked about them on the show. Because it was a pretty big deal whenever they, you know, showed up. Because it was like, mm-hmm. Jesus. Like, it's so kind of like chilling to watch that video and then hearing the actual pilots talk about it like that i think that's right. even better that's so so cool uh the clips racked up millions of views causing the navy to investigate the incidences they couldn't identify the aircrafts and a spokesperson recently told motherboard the navy considers the phenomena contained depicted in those three videos as unidentified this is significant because it's the first time the navy has ever officially classified an aircraft as unidentified aerial phenomena that the uh quote that the navy is using the term unidentified aerial phenomena shows that they have broadened what is expected to be reported by U.S. fighter pilots to investigate anything unknown in their airspace that is in the past has been connected with the stigma. Roger Glassell, a Swedish writer and UFO specialist, told Motherboard. And you can like look at the videos, which, everybody, which everybody's seen. So, uh, on Wednesday, September 18th, DeLong celebrated the accomplishment in Instagram post. I was in New York yesterday getting ready for our show when my phone explodes with messages that the Navy has acknowledged that the three videos taken by their fighter pilots really do show unidentified aerial phenomenon. He wrote, I applaud their lifting the silence. This is huge. The at to the Star Academy, which is his company again, uh, team has been working tirelessly in Washington to move the subject of UAPs past stigma and towards acceptance. You've seen glimpses of our efforts on, hit, on at history's docuseries, hashtag unidentified, You've seen the conversation change in the mainstream media over the last couple of years. Truth. You've seen our government leaders start to qu- ask questions that they've been at that they haven't asked in a long time. Wow. Uh, the Navy, the Navy even recently <laughs> announced a policy change that made it easier for the personnel to report unusual sight unusual sightings, which is a giant first. Very true. But this acknowledgement by the Navy is unprecedented. Unprecedented. Facts are starting to replace the unsubstantiated claims that the fog and the fog that has masked the reality of UAPs is clearing. He continued, "We are making real progress. I am excited." So yeah. that's. I mean, I don't know. It, when you look, when I like, well, just as I was doing, I was judging Tom DeLonge, saying he's crazy. Like, I got to give due credit, man. He's been on the been on the ball with it for a yeah. long time. It's kind of like Chicken Little, but in real life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's <laughs> right. been screaming, "The sky is falling," and it really is finally. Yeah, I just. It's it's crazy, man. That's cool that it's cool that the, that the Navy did that, and you know, good for good for his his research firm, man. That's that's fucking cool. Yeah, yeah. It is it is kind of a momentous occasion because it it also it really justifies what he's been trying to accomplish. Yeah, and that's that's no small feat to give up a band, a multi what multi million dollar multi. Yeah. million album selling band and you, you got to like think that. too like we look um two incredible interviews is on joe rogan's show joe rogan experience he interviewed tom DeLong, and then several months down the road he interviewed travis barker and listening to them they're both still cool with each other they're both very close mm-hmm. but they they realize that tom's passion wasn't in blink and when blink wanted to start recording and touring again mm-hmm. tom didn't he he his he was so deep into that and Travis like in a way like had to like be respectful and not be like he's fucking nuts just be like because right. Joe Rogan's like 
he's like he sounds kind of he sounds kind of crazy but but then when you start seeing some of these videos about the aerial phenomena you like you're kind of like is he is he real like so yeah. both of them interviews are so fucking good because Tom is so deep in this and he believes in it so much. And some of the stuff he goes on to talk about, it kind of seems like he's like the celebrity poster boy of, of the whole UFO thing. And he's like, people come to me all the time. Listen, people come to me. Okay. Like, it's like that type of thing. Like he's like, he's such a big celebrity with this stuff that people are bringing him stuff. And he's like, I've got, I've got all the answers. I've got briefcases full of shit, you know? So it's funny to hear uh, that interview of that. Cause some of it sounded just so off the wall. But then, yep. you know, well, then that goes him, into the chicken little shit. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> good for him. Well, you know, it's awesome. Right now, I think uh, he's on fire, you know? I mean, and it is like everything. I know we, we just made the joke earlier, like you're an old man, Sean. But it's like everything in our life right now, when, mm-hmm. when it comes to like technology and uh, there's just a social atmosphere, things, so many things are starting to come into place for things. Like yeah, this, like true. the Navy saying that um, technology getting so intense with the the like them deep fake videos and the the AI with the facial recognition, like all this stuff is coming together so fast. Mm-hmm. And it's like when like we were just 18. So it was like a little bit ago. Like it's so freaking weird. So this is just adds another thing to that list of things you didn't think you'd, you'd see this soon. The Navy actually saying that. Yeah, it's a lot cool. like Coldplay said when birds go flying at the speed of light to show you how it all began. Huh. <laughs> well, you know what else is heating up besides your boy These from Link 182? Mm-hmm. A cattle semen housing plant in Australia. Whoa. That's right, guys. Two to three days ago, September 17th, unfortunately, in the Gippsland region of Australia. The Yaren Herd Service building was destroyed by a ravaging fire, which took over 100 cryogenic cylinders used to to store cattle semen. Was destroyed. It took firefighters over 10 hours to put out the blaze. And in certain instances, these tanks were heating up so much, they were causing projectiles of cattle semen flasks to go flying across the room. Damn. And these gentlemen actually had to treat this as a uh, a combat zone, so to speak. To the face! To the face! <laughs> <laughs> so it sounds really funny at first, and I was looking for like a real chuckle here, but it's actually really fucking sad. So this building was used to store semen for cattle herders. And at first you're like, well, what the fuck is this? You know, why is this important? Well, watching shows like The Ranch on Netflix, uh, which I recently started watching, and <laughs> they talk about ranches and how ranch, you know, trying to get a ranch to survive. This is really shitty because a lot of farmers would use this company to stock up semen in these cryogenic tanks. So whenever it was AI season or artificial insemination season, they could just go to these facilities that were holding these things in cryostasis, basically pop a top, warm it up, and then artificially inseminate their cows. Saves them time. It saves them a lot of time, and yeah. it makes it a lot more streamlined, you know, in case of, you know, not to be too crude, but if you're just going to let two cows bone, you know, you could have a misfire. We just breed to eat them. That's disgusting. <laughs> Bitch, that's our God at work. <laughs> we go hard on Earth. <laughs> oh, you don't be eating them cows. You just be wearing that shit. Yeah. If you guys haven't watched Little Dicky's Pillow Talk music video, you really need to. It's fantastic. It is great. But the very first couple of seconds of that video, you're going to be like, what the fuck did you send me? The actual cylinders in this instance are worth anywhere from $500 to $1,000 per unit. But inside, the semen can be worth anywhere from $5 to $95 per straw. So, <laughs> I mean, think of like when you go get like little. Yeah, little I'm honey, just picturing like, samples, you, know, you know, they're banning straws. So they're going to be like putting some paper straws up in that bitch. <laughs> Gross. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So these little vials of semen can be worth 5 to $95 per, you know, per sample, per squirt. I had to. So it's it's actually really a huge bummer, man, that this kind of thing went down. And like I was saying, I was trying to find a funny story to start the podcast with, and it's actually kind of a real bummer because when it comes time, you know, to breed these cattle and sell them, cattle can sell for a huge price, you know, per head. And, you know, we don't know how this is going to affect people, especially, I mean, Yaren and Herd Services, of course, that was their business, but all these cattle ranchers um, are definitely going to suffer. 
Yeah, it's unfortunate. Yep. For sure. They said uh, to finish this off, so firefighters went into a defensive mode initially to protect themselves because there were also liquefied petroleum gas cylinders at the neighboring property that were exploding, as well as projectiles of the tubes exploding themselves. So, I don't know. I can't imagine. You're rushing and they're putting a fire out and all of a sudden, (laughs) money shot. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, God. All right. Well, not to be insensitive, but Preston, I think uh, from Semen, your topic just kind of comes next. Yeah. Naturally. Unfortunately. Naturally. So, uh, last week, uh, Dr. Ulrich Klopper who was an abortionist, uh, he passed away. Now, in 2015, his medical license was suspended after he failed to report an abortion performed on a 13-year-old girl. Mm. So uh, September 3rd, he kicks the shit bucket. Uh, Family has the funeral. (laughs) And then uh, they're going through uh, Grandpa's belongings. And in the basement, they found the remains of 2,246 unborn children Inside medical container. How many? What? 2,246. Whoa. Yes. What Why? the fuck? Medically preserved unborn children. So like in like, now there, in like test So tubes. there's no deep. There's like there's no details on like how far along each of the specimens were. But the guy had a nice collection. Oh. Now the authorities did say that the family's in full cooperation and the, right now, there's no evidence of any medical procedures having been conducted in his home. So he did that shit at work and brought it home and stored it. Yeah. That's fucking 2,000. Oh, my God. That is so fucking insane. Yeah. And this and this was at his house? And was he married? Uh, You know, the article doesn't say. That's crazy. Like, how the okay. fuck does a woman, yeah. I mean, like, or a partner, whatever, like... Marriage, like spouse, how does that spouse not see, like, that is, that's weird. I can just picture this old-ass dude, like, sitting down in this basement with all these test tubes around there, and he's just fucking sitting in there pacing and, like, curdling himself back and or forth. Or is he sitting there with his legs crossed reading them bedtime stories? We don't fucking know this guy's <laughs> oh, mental Fuck, dude, that, this is some criminal mind dark. shit, dude. <laughs> fuck. Wow. Okay, so nice. I was thinking maybe, Preston, you discovered this in one of your, you know, fake news sites, but fucking USA Today has this story. Yeah. Yeah. 2,246 fetuses were found medically preserved in Ulrich's garage last week after he died on September 3rd. Damn. Do you think the guy was conservative? Or too soon? <laughs> <laughs> He was preservative. Oh, does that one one get cut out? (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, Cloffer isn't the only abortionist to enjoy keeping trophies of his grisly work close at hand. America's most infamous baby killer, Kermit Gosnell, also kept fetal body parts in milk jugs and glass jars at his clinic in Philadelphia before convicted in 2013 on three counts of murder for snipping the spinal cords of babies. Born alive. Christ on a cracker. Wow, fuck that dude. So it, it makes you kind of wonder, though, like how many other doctors out there are doing similar things? Like you go in to like, I don't know, get like your, you know, gallbladder removed mm-hmm. and like somebody's going to like go in after grandpa's dead and there's going to be like, you know, 20,000 jars of gallbladders. Like grandpa's down there like, <laughs> gallbladder. Everybody says I have the best snow globes. They'll never know my secret. <laughs> it's crazy shit. Oh, geez, Louise. Yeah, this is going to be a heavy I got a toe. I got an eye. I got a finger. <laughs> oh, grody. Jesus, man. That's fucking... That's nuts. So, okay, let me ask you a serious question here. Do you guys think that he kept these uh, these preserved in jars because he didn't have a legitimate way to dispose of so many? I don't know. Mm. I mean, we're not going to get into the discussion of right versus wrong in this scenario, but... You know, it is kind of a, uh, not, it is a, a, a practice, you know, covered in shadows, shrouded in secrecy in a lot of places. So that is interesting. It's crazy. I'm just trying to wrap my, mind around, wrap my mind around them fucking numbers, man. Yeah. Definitely not rookie numbers. Pro numbers. <sighs> God. Such a heavy end on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Yikers. 
fuck, man, that's insane. But it just, you know, in, in that story, though, it doesn't seem like it, it'd be something like, uh, you know, let's say that in that state that they took place, like abortions are like illegal. Like, I don't know, it doesn't seem like a normal person would want to keep the evidence. So it's more along the lines of like he was keeping trophies, like he wanted to go back and like have memory moments. It could be. It could very well be. I'm not going to argue that at all. Yeah. I just think it's safer to be like, oh, I'll just hold on to these until there's a safer way to get rid of them. And the next thing you know, it becomes just too easy, maybe. Right. Because you'd like to think that, the you know, that that's a safer scenario than a creepy guy in a basement with babies in jars. I, you know, I. Because I, that's like a Rob Zombie horror film, I, basically. You're exactly right. Yeah. That's a Firefly Clan <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, there is a segue here, folks, because these aren't the only remains being found this week. In Tampa, Florida, nearly 400 dead, buried bodies have disappeared somewhere between now and 1930. Have you guys ever heard of the Zion Cemetery in Tampa? Mm-mm. Nope. Okay, this this is going to be a little less jokey and a little more serious, but it's actually a, kind of a very interesting story. So in Tampa, back in like June, this guy named Brian Presley, who is also a uh, church pastor, started doing some investigations in the supposed disappearance of the Zion Cemetery in Tampa, Florida. So he's been hearing for years now that there was a supposed Zion Cemetery where nearly 400 people were buried between 1913 and 1920. And it began this really impressive search to find out the truth. Like, is this one of those, you know, modern day uh, urban legends of like, you know, the ghost cemetery or, you know, is there actually truth? And there is always truth found in fiction. And this uh, or nonfiction, whatever you want to say, whatever. Truth is stranger than fiction. Basically, longer story shorter, the Zion Cemetery in Tampa was established in 1901, but back in a time where deaths weren't always recorded in an era where no regulations protected any grave of an African-American citizen. So basically, the Zion Cemetery in Tampa was an African-American cemetery where people would go to be buried if they were, you know, black or had black family members. So the cemetery housed about 120, 150 coffins, but possibly three times that many dead bodies. Presley goes on to try to figure out where exactly this is. He gets maps, he does research, you know, in county records and libraries and everything else. A guy named Ray Reed has been doing genealogy since 2015, searching for death certificates for the same people. Hmm. So when they find out that basically... There is a church, I'm sorry, a cemetery that is missing. They go on a hunt together. And this has become this awesome research project. That is cool. Right. Okay, so here's where part two comes in. This is actually uh, what I found just a few days ago in the news. Zion Cemetery has been found. The research team used ground-penetrating radar and maps to finally locate 120 coffins in the backyard or courtyard of an apartment complex. That is so fucking cool. It's straight up poltergeist, the yeah. movie. It is It is literally this house is built on a, a burial ground. Well, and I mean, it's the fucking front yards. <laughs> like, yeah, it's essentially, crazy. yeah. Yeah. yeah, essentially, yeah. So, okay, there's this little uh, apartment complex or housing complex in Tampa called Robles Park Village Public Housing Complex. So we all know that African-Americans have had the short end of the stick ever since the beginning of history. They started getting their rights, but they're still being treated poorly. So the cemetery is where you would go to bury somebody, you know, if you were black or somebody in your family was black and passed away. Mm-hmm. Well, like I said earlier, they didn't have to keep record of who all was buried there. Or if you couldn't afford it, you just went and buried them anyway and didn't mm-hmm. tell anybody. Right. So this two and a half acre segregation era burial ground was discovered using ground penetrating radars on the 3,700 block of Florida Avenue in the back courtyard of this housing development. The radar confirmed that Zion was still there, in fact. And when the development began on this housing complex back in like 1950, I think. They never got rid of the bodies, just like Mother Flipping Poltergeist. 
And there yeah. is no horror aspect. There's no paranormal aspect to this yet. But basically, when the company started doing the uh, construction on this area, they did discover accidentally or, you know, haphazardly three different coffins. And so as per contract, they reported it and they relocated those three bodies. But then supposedly they stopped reporting other discovered coffins. Wow. So they fucking built this this uh, housing development on top of at least 120 coffins. That's crazy. But what this research team has said is it's rumored that there's way more than 382 bodies buried here. There could be as many as 800 because they can't actually penetrate the many floors of these houses that are built on this area. And then furthermore, you know, talking about being uh, being very poor back then, if you had money, you buried family in a coffin. If you didn't have any money, sometimes you wrapped up their body in a bunch of cotton or a bunch of clothing shrouds and just buried them loose. So they said there's no telling how many bodies were ever actually buried there because a lot of them could have just basically rotted and gone back to the, you know, quote, to the ground from whence they came. But they said um, going through, you know, legalities, uh, the police chief operating officer says Zion is still considered to be an active cemetery. So now they're going through the proper legal channels to have the families relocated and most likely the Robles Park Village to be actually torn down. Yeah. Yep. Good. They're going to go ahead and through a uh, through a county project, they're going to relocate the um, all the bodies and remains found after they go through and start, you know, moving the earth and figure out, you know, figuring out how many bodies and, and coffins are buried. They will all be relocated to a proper cemetery and then a memorial park will be put up in its place. Wow. So it really, truly is. You imagine one... discovering something like that. Like it's one thing to discover dinosaurs. No. You discover yeah. some shit like that. That's crazy. Yeah, it's it's nuts, man. If you think about um, like digging through the earth and shit, like that's what that's what listener Mindy does. Like she's a geologist and that's yeah, like, yeah. That's why I thought it's kind of like, a cool like, story. Uh, that, uh, yeah, yeah. Maybe uh, maybe they'll they'll really enjoy. Um, so authorities need to consider moving everybody who lives there sooner than planned. They told Robles Park Village is a home to over one thousand one hundred eighteen people in over four hundred eighty units across sixty seven different buildings. Wow. Yep. And then the actual Tampa Bay Times discovered death certificates totaling three hundred eighty two people who were buried in Zion. Um, researchers say he has actually conducted follow up research. They've discovered seven hundred and forty seven actual death certificates belonging to uh, burials in that area. I wonder how and many bodies they got rid of when they were digging that ship to put that shit in be, begin with. After yeah, they stopped recording it's, it. it's it's really impressive. Uh, Zion has room for Zion originally had room for over eight hundred graves plus a potter's field for the indignant and unknown. Potter's wow. field contained twenty seven of the caskets found by the recent archaeology um, uh, project. In 1951, the Housing Authority unearthed three caskets during construction of Robles Park, but did not search for more. At the time, the apartment complex was open to whites only. So once they discovered it was a black cemetery, it's rumored that the construction people were just like, eh, doesn't really matter. They're not white. So it also unearths, pun intended, a really huge conversation about, you know, again... Just uh, racism back in the 1950s. Yeah. Yep. They said the next step would be ground truthing or digging into the ground in a way that leaves the bodies undisturbed. But in order to find out if there are any other remains other than what showed up from ground penetrating radar, however, the radar truly only represents and shows actual responses from coffins, not organic material. So, yeah, kind of heavy. Really, really interesting. There's that word again, heavy. Yeah, something wrong. <laughs> I got a uh, with the gravitational. I got pull. a. Uh, yep. I got a family story that relates to this in a way. Really, go for it. Yeah. So my uh, on my mom's side. Uh, so I, I did like a you know the, the DNA test like a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, you uh, you found out you're 100 percent that bitch. Yeah, I'm in the database. That bitch. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so. So uh, I I have yes. uh, uh, two percent African American DNA floating around, 
and loose. Uh, just loose yeah just loose (laughs) and uh so um it's got we you know you like your family history like stuff like that doesn't really pop up and uh within like the last you know two or three generations i you know i didn't have like you know like a black aunt or like a black you know great grandmother or anything Mm -hmm. so it's like well where the hell did the african-american come from so after we started, like, uh, you know, there was a little bit of a Jewish DNA that showed up. And mm-hmm. then, you know, come to find out my grandmother, um, her family, um, they came over from Germany uh, during World War One, And uh, we, you know. Yeah, you and everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, uh, you know, that kind of explained that. So we were trying to figure out, like, you know, how the hell is, you know, the African-American in there? And uh, my mom's side, her grandfather <laughs> They're in their family farm. They have a family farm in uh, Perry, Kansas, uh, uh-huh. in between Perry and LeCompton. And uh, it's like, you know, almost like a thousand acres of farmland. And in the middle of that, there is a graveyard from the Civil War era that's all African American soldiers. So, interesting. So, yeah. So, that DNA test told you all that? Told me that uh, there was an uh, African American uh, cemetery in my uh, farmland. No, 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 no. Like told you <laughs> it came okay. with a map. So like you, you had yeah. like you had like two percent or something like that in of African American DNA in you. Yeah, it broke it. Uh, it uh, I got so it broke it down by percentage. So so how? Like, but how uh, did you tie it to your grandma and your grandpa and your uh, the people like that? Like how how does does it lay it out on a, on a on a paper for you? That type of stuff that you were telling the rest of the history you were saying where you're like your your grandpa had this lived there in this in this area. Like, I don't how how did you know all that? Well, I had to do research, Steve. I had to ask questions. Uh, but like, you know. So so your family is very knowledgeable. With that stuff. My thing is I want to do a DNA test, but it's not going to give me I it's not going to tell me like, hey. Your family's from this area. Your family, like, it's not going to tell you that shit. It's just going to tell you what, like, you, see, you know what I'm trying to say? I don't, right, I right. can't just go gonna, to my it, dad it, and ask it, him it, shit. It, he can't remember what the fuck happened last week, let right. alone. So basically, the DNA test is just going to give you a numbers breakdown to let you know what type of Heinz 57 you exactly. are. Exactly. That's what I was um, So, okay. and, and unless, you know, you, your family does, you know, does keep some type of tradition or history, like, you're not, you're not going to know all that. Yeah, so no, I'm not going to know shit. <laughs> like, let's not get it twisted. But I mean, it's still cool. I do, I do want to do one of them, do one of them DNA test things though. I'm not all paranoid yeah. about all that bullshit. I'd like to know that. I mean, what's the worst? That, I mean, uh, what are they going to do? Gonna clone the... me? What the fuck would you want to clone me for? There'd be no <laughs> point at all. Yeah, there would. But I could have a big Steven and a little Steven all at the same time. <laughs> big pocket, little pocket. <laughs> oh, gross. <laughs> oh man. Well, guys, the last story here I kept a secret from you. And, Steve, it's funny that you mentioned Mindy earlier because uh, our main story was sent in from Mindy. This Ooh. episode is very listener-heavy, isn't it? It is, in a way, right? I like that. Well, first of all, I'd like to say I am drinking a delicious Bat Squatch Hazy IPA from Rogue Brewery out of the pint glass that Mindy sent the show, The Beards of Science. Oh, so, Mindy, yeah. I raise my glass to you, and I begin the story about Inuit and some crazy-ass shit that he did, pun intended. So I'm going to tell you guys a story. I'm going to start it off with a tale. During the 1950s, the Canadian government was on the move across Canada, forcing several Inuit families to either modernize or relocate. So one night, an Inuit man sits down with his family inside of their hut, and they explain to the man how... Even though for decades the family has been living by the way of the Inuit, they're being forced to modernize. They're being forced out of their huts into civilization. And the old man can't quite cope, so he excuses himself and he goes outside to think about what life's going to be like living, quote, with the pale-faced people. And so he's standing outside in the Arctic cold, and he gets to thinking how, no matter how hard he tries, he cannot cope with the fact that he has to change his way of life. So he does what any of us do, guys. He realizes he simply cannot bend his knee and give up his way of life. Bend the knee. So he undoes the buckle of his caribou and sealskin pants, and he squats down 
in the snow. He takes a big shit. And as the shit's lying there, freezing and solidifying, he thinks to himself, there's only one way to escape this madness and continue living off the land. He bends down and grabs the now hardened turd. He licks his index finger and his thumb, and he begins slowly dragging his fingers across the edge of this log. And better than any honing stone can, he slowly forges a knife out of his own shit. <sighs> and he thinks to himself, it's too late to turn back now. I've got to do this. So he makes his way through the village and he finds a wild dog. Big dog. We're talking almost not quite a dire wolf, right? And he attacks this wild beast with his shit knife. And he stabs it in the back of the skull. He drags it across its neck. And before you know what even happened, he's skinned the dog, he's disemboweled it, and he's removed the ribcage of the giant beast. He throws the ribcage down in the snow. He finds another dog in the village and throws a harness across its chest. And he flies off into the night through the Arctic snow on a sled forged from the ribcage of a dog and disappears into the night. All because he, this, didn't, want to, all because he didn't want to fucking live with white people? This is the story of the shit knife. Okay? <laughs> the shit so you, knife? You have the shit knife. <laughs> oh, the shit knife. The shit knife? I was like, the I've had plenty knife. of shit knife. I'm like, I'm so, like, <laughs> don't get me to it. Don't get it wrong, dude. Right, right. So you might ask yourself, what in the fuck do I care about a supposed myth of a man who makes a bone sled out and after killing a dog with a knife made of his own shit? Well, Mindy sent me in an article from ScienceDirect.com, the Journal of Archaeology, <laughs> the Journal of Archaeological Science, about how scientists have actually replicated the supposed shit knife to finally come down to the truth once and for all. Is it possible? Is it probable that a human being can forge a blade so sharp from their own shit? They could actually skin a dog, cut out its bones, and that's it. They didn't make an actual bone sled. I just wanted to kind of leave you hanging. That's nuts, man. So this is crazy. That story has been told and retold over countless avenues through different media. There's actually a guy who included it in his TED Talk. That's how fucking classic this story is. So these scientists got together and they, they decided, we're going to see if we can actually replicate this actual experiment. So the idea here is to find out if the account of an Inuit man actually manufactured a knife from his own frozen feces and was able to butcher and disarticulate a dog with <laughs> his own fecal knife. The fucking MacGyver of shit. Isn't that incredible? So they said, there's a well-known account of an old man in the... <laughs> There's a well-known account of an old Inuit man who refused to move into a settlement. Over objections of his family, he made plans to stay in the ice and in the wild. They took away all his tools so he couldn't possibly survive. And so to prove them all wrong, he defecated outside the igloo, honed the feces into a frozen blade, sharpened it with a spray of his own saliva, and killed a dog, removed its ribcage, and forged a sled, in which case he escaped into the darkness of the frozen night. So since the story is publicized, scientists have been baffled. Can we make a shit knife? Well, guys, I'm going to tell you one thing. You can't possibly make a shit knife, maybe, but you can make a shit chisel. Because it turns out another guy was once, um, I don't know, camping or what have you out in the wild, and he dug a hole because he was stranded out in the snow. He dug a trench to hide into overnight to catch a couple winks of sleep. When he woke up, he was snowed in and couldn't get out. And he remembered the story of the shit knife. So this scientist actually supposedly took a shit himself, worked his turd like Play-Doh, froze it in the snow, and made a chisel or a shovel, and actually picked himself out of the several feet of snow and uh, found himself a free man again. So let me tell you a little bit about how this worked. In order to procure the necessary raw materials for the knife production, one scientist, known only as M.I.E., ate a direct diet with high protein and fatty acids, which were consistent with an Arctic diet. 
and they ate this for eight days. Because Inuits don't eat a lot of meat, from maritime to terrestrial animals, they eat a lot of uh, fruits and vegetables and carbohydrates. The raw material collection did not begin until day four and then proceeded regularly for the next five days. Fecal samples were formed into knives using ceramic molds or molded by hand and sharpened by hand as well. All fecal samples were stored at negative 20 degrees Celsius until time for the experiment. They procured a pig hide, muscle, and tendons. These two were stored at negative 20 degrees Celsius until two days before the experiment, in which case they began thawing at 4 degrees Celsius. And I'm too lazy to convert that, guys, so if you care enough, get your calculators. <laughs> Minutes true. before the experiment, both the knife mold sample and the hand-sharpened knives were removed from the laboratory freezer, further sharpened with metal files, and then science happened. They began cutting their experiments, the hide, the muscle, and the sinew with their turd knives, but couldn't even cut so much as the hide. Neither knife mold or hand-sharpened <laughs> hand turd knife could cut through the hide. What happened is as soon as they took the shit knives out of the freezer and began using them to cut through the animal hide, they began to melt and simply leave brown streaks of fecal matter across the the subjects. They repeated the experiment using fecal samples of another teammate, known only as MRB, whose diet was more traditionally Western. The hand-shaped knives were then subject to the same procedures, the same temperatures, making sure we keep the experiment controlled. These knives, however, had the same fate. They simply wilted against the heat and left skid marks down the samples. He's nuts. <laughs> Through countless observations and experiments, the support of the narrative that indigenous and prehistoric people are technologically resourceful, innovative, and savvy proved to be true, but it proved that you also could not make a knife out of your own shit and possibly kill a dog. So unfortunately, guys, the tale of the shit knife proves to possibly most likely be untrue, unfortunately. The only thing they mentioned here is the fact that supposedly in the story of the Inuit man who made a poop knife, the animal itself would have been warm. It wouldn't have been a frozen animal thawed out, so that could possibly be one tiny little piece of the experiment that could change the entire outcome is if they were to actually procure a warm or freshly deceased animal and then basically reapply the experiment again. But no, the result is melting, chipping, flaking, and streaking of the fecal knives, and they were barely able to even cut so much as a little bit of fat underneath the animal's tissue. So there you have it, guys. A story so crazy, you might think I pulled it out of my own ass. <laughs> so remember that uh that story that I did like last year mm -hmm. about the the monk uh that uh you know he used like his chi energy and had like all those Star Wars Jedi tricks mm -hmm. so when he was with the brothers um in the Philippines and he was showing them all of his chi energy he took a uh like a bamboo bamboo skewer mm -hmm. and like basically used so much of his force like his natural chi energy mm -hmm. that he was able to push it through like this you know three foot thick wooden table like butter so could it be that the indian man was so strong and had you know alaskan chi energy that mm. he pushed the shit knife through the dog like butter that way he called the poop shit <laughs> <laughs> it's possible anything is possible if you put your mind to it and you eat enough fiber, I say. And you believe. <laughs> and, you, and you believe. That's a big part of it, too. Where there's a will, there's a way. There you have it. Fast and loose. Fast yeah. and loose. Not like that guy's shit. Goo-hoo. All right. Well, let's plug stuff and get out of here, guys. I still have uh, some packing to do before I head to Dallas this weekend. But uh, you guys got anything you want to plug? Let's check out our Instagram, PXL Paranormal. PXL Paranormal. Uh, yep. 
And then also that's the same with the Twitter. Check us on Facebook, Pixelated Paranormal Podcast. Like the page and share the posts. It helps out. And that's it for my shout-outs. That it does. That it does. Check out Mark's solo show, Pixelated Sausage. Check out Attack the Backlog, where he plays the endless backlog of video games that he has and comments and drops little quips and wonderful little jokes that make me giggle every time I watch it. And Preston, what is my favorite NASCAR podcast? Sports Cars Unleash, where if, if you're not first, you're last. There you go. Awesome. All right. What do you got, buddy? Well, as always, if you need a beard, if you want a beard, if you want to grow a beard that will be a better legend than a shit knife, check out BigDobsBeardBomb.com and use promo code PXLPARA for 20% off your order. And use that code to get you scents such as Citrus, Fresh, Classic, Bay Rum, Sweet Tobacco, Dundee Cedar, Bombs, Oils, Combs, Whatever beard-related stuff there is, you can get it all at Dobbs, and you can save money with us. There you have it, folks. All right. Well, I'm satisfied with what we did tonight. I feel really good about it. (laughs) It was fun. fun. Mindy, thank you so much for that story. Um, It's one for the books. And now I want to know what other experiments are being done with fecal matter. So I would I would really appreciate a follow up perchance. He's on a shit roll tonight. I am on a shit roll. Yep, that is true. Cool. Isaac, thanks so much for the song, buddy. And just for you, because you wrote that song, I might just procure up a Thieves in the Night Part Four, the epilogue. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Awesome. All right. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Cheers to the weird shit and those of us that love to talk about it. Sweet. Stay spooky and stay on the Paranormal Highway. The cast at Pixelated Paranormal would like to thank you for listening to this week's episode. Pixelated Paranormal is here to tell you tales of the fantastical, the strange, the unknown. Tales that will move you a little further down the Paranormal Highway. If you'd like to share your own listener story, we would love to hear it. Email us at pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. Again, that's pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. We'd really love to hear from you. Again, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange.